This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports Craig Swan. Craig, how are you? I'm good, Daniel. A bit weary. It's been a lot of miles this week. Dingwall, Madrid. It's been a pleasure to, to, to be at the games, but it's uh, a lot of travel, so tired. Before we actually talk about the game uh, on, on Tuesday night, what what was the stadium like? I always think Atletico Stadium looks amazing on the telly. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, m- more and more games that you have the privilege to attend, at the, these European games now, the, you're going to newer and newer stadiums. I mean, I'm such an old guy. I went to the, I was there when Celtic played Atletico Madrid in the old Calderon uh, <laughs> under, under Neil Lennon. Um, and that was old and it's like a historical stadium, you know, but the clubs are just moving into these horrific new stadiums. I saw the change for the Olympic Stadium in Munich to their new stadium in the Allianz. Um, and yeah, this is a fantastic, fantastic arena. Just everything you would expect. Any, anybody who's been fortunate enough to be one of these major grounds anywhere in England or, or Europe, um, they're all the mod cons, the atmosphere, the, the way they just managed to get the sound is just fantastic. You know, it's, um, it was a really, really good atmosphere. And obviously, <laughs> For, for bad reasons Celtic-wise, the place was on fire the other night. They were having a great time. Aye. Well, I mean, on that, we, we spoke before um, before the game on Tuesday. And obviously, we, we touched on the fact that, you know, we knew it would be a mammoth task for Celtic. They were playing against one of the best teams in Europe, Griezmann, Maratta and all that. But I don't think I don't think anyone really expected it to be as bad as 6-0. Is that, is that fair? No, I think there was a, a great deal of realism before the game. We spoke with realism in the afternoon of the game when we, when we did the, the, the Facebook stuff. Um, no, no one expected it to be 6-0, but you're not banking on a, a red card midway through the first half, which just which which moves the dynamic. I mean, when we spoke before the game, listen, Celtic were entitled to go into the game believing. You, you have to go into every game believing. But par golf really, for that game was maybe a 2 or 3-0 defeat. In my eyes, now there might be a lot of supporters disagree with that and say that's defeatist, but if, you, if a team like that hits their straps, they'll probably beat you 2 or 3-0. As long as you're, when you're in there. I think that's fair. As soon as a man gets sent off, I mean, that's in everybody's making comparisons with different results. It's what we always do at Champions League week. Something happens, or they did this, they did that. Manchester United did 10 men for only half against Copenhagen and lost four goals in the game. Right. So. You know, Celtic had Celtic had to be at their absolute maximum to get a two-two draw at Celtic Park. We all knew that. We all acknowledged that it was a fantastic performance for the first half. Second half, they were clinging on, and I think we would all hand on heart, with all honesty. Now, before I go any further, Celtic deserved to get something out of that game because of the way they played in the first half. I think with 15 minutes to go, everybody in that stadium had the fear that Atletico were going to go on and win it. They were getting stronger. Celtic were hanging on. And the red card came with 10 minutes to go and Atletico took what they had. So that showed you the level Celtic had to get to, get anything off them at home. You're going into their patch. We spoke about it before the game, but for fear of repeating myself, 
PSG go to that stadium, as Mick, Michael Gannon said, get a point up the road. Right. So game just transpired against Celtic. Yes, it would be right, and the players and the manager have both said it themselves. They could have defended situations better. But listen, in that scenario, it's just wave after wave. You can't get out. There's no out ball. It's just coming on top of you constantly. Guys are going to be constantly getting pressured. If a goalkeeper's got 20 shots, faces 20 shots, he's going to make five saves. But if a, if a defender faces 20 crosses, he's going to mess two or three of them up. It's going to happen. And what happens right. at that level is, look at Griezmann's finish. Most teams you play about in Europe, that ball drops and the guy skies it or scuffs it into the arms of Joe Hart. This is Antoine Griezmann. Bang. First time volley. It's in the net before you even know. That's the standard. Celtic just caught them on a night when things went for Atletico. They were good. Celtic, Celtic had things go against them. That can harm. We should talk about people should. By the way, before I go any further, I'm not saying people, oh, you should just accept losing 6 0. People should just, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there were circumstances that led to what happened. And I think Aye. anybody realistic in football will see those things and Aye. understand. So long as Celtic don't go to Lazio, we're 11 men and get beat 6 0 again. Then that's a different Aye. kettle of fish. I think, I think it was just one of them on the night. It just transpired against them. On on the red card, obviously, we have to talk about. Um, I mean, personally, I, I think it was barely a yellow, right? And I get, I get the, I get the narrative that he might have been a bit naive, Maeda, lifting his foot. But VAR, VAR is just, in my, again, in my opinion, ruining modern football. I mean, it takes everything completely out of context. It gives um, the the referee these still images that that tell a whole different story. I mean, I don't know what you guys saw in the stadium. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but... We were very fortunate, Daniel, because the position of the press box, obviously, kind of near where the TV cameras were. That was our side of the ground. Myself and Michael Gannon were on that side of the pitch, if you like, that side of the halfway line. We had a perfect view. Both Aye. of us at the time thought, that's probably a booking. The two guys tried to kick... The, the, the athletic player got there first. Made us kind of kick through... I mean, people say his leg, his leg was lifted. You can't kick a football without lifting your leg. You can't, exactly. block a ball. you can't block a ball without lifting your leg. The thing that gets me, listen, I think you've touched on it perfectly, and many other people are now starting to clock onto this. <clears throat> There's two aspects to it. One, for a start, that's not a clear and obvious error. For a start, the referee's seen it. He's seen two guys kick the ball or try to kick the ball, or whatever way you interpret it, they end up kicking each other. He's seen it. He knows what it is for what it is, and he's booked him. Now, yeah. some guy in the room then shouts him off. That's not supposed to happen because that's no. not a clear and obvious error. So for a start, that's not supposed to happen. So that's that's number one. And number two, as you quite rightly say, I think everybody now agrees if you're going to let a referee see a replay, let them see it in real time. Aye, exactly. Play it in real time because what you see in real time is different from what you see as a still. You've, you've said it perfectly. Brendan Rogers walked in the room and, on Tuesday night at the press room in the Metropolitano and said exactly the same thing. The referee gets shown the first image. The first image he gets is a still of Dyson's made, a foot, made his foot against this guy's shin. It doesn't show the fact that Harmoso was in the action of kicking the ball. It kicked no. his leg into Dyson made his foot almost. You just see that and you go, well, that's a red card. And also, now, if, 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 you, if you look at that still last Saturday, I actually thought, now I might be in the minority here. I probably am in the minority. I thought Ross County's James Brown was maybe a wee bit unlucky as well. Because you saw where the foot planted into Yang. Again, it's the old, was that a yellow and a half? 
But at the time, it didn't look like a really evil tackle. It was only when you saw that still image, you went, oh, he's gone. As soon as the still image comes up, listen, James Brown, I may be wrong. He may have deserved to go anyway. But as soon as you saw the still image, there was no doubt. And as soon as you saw the one we made the other night, there was no doubt. And that's just not fair. That's not what VR's for. And I thought, listen, (laughs) we've talked about Ange Postacoglu a lot in this podcast for obvious reasons. Ange Postacoglu nailed it when when he was talking after the Tottenham-Chelsea game the other night. When he said, this has all come about from people consistently moaning about refereeing decisions. If you consistently moan about them, we then move into this system where people are changing it away from the ground. And now it's got worse. It's almost like the managers have reaped what they've sown over the years. I feel, I feel like, you know, I think anyway, VAR was brought in to avoid injustices, as you say, a clear and obvious error. Yeah. Now, it's like, it's now, now it's like there's a goal scored and we all need to hold our breath because it, it feels like they're looking at a way to disallow it. Or there's a yeah. 50-50 and it's like, right, let's look and see if we can get this guy sent off. It just, it's, t- you know, ripping the joy out of football. And, you know, we saw, you mentioned there, Chelsea Spurs was an absolute farce on Monday night. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw Man, uh, Man United last night. The Rashford one, I thought it was yeah. worse than my either, but I don't think it was a red card. No, again, it's just that you get the style image of the point of the elbow touching the face. Uh, that's it. And, that's the style image they can see, and that's that. That's not right. If, you, if you, don't react, you know Marcus Rashford is not trying to elbow this guy in the head. You, you uh, know that. You know that. And if, it's just if you if you actually if you if you're not watching the game and maybe on social media you see the still image of Maeda the other night. You think, oh, that that's a bad one. That yep. that looks really bad. But you see yeah. it in real time, and it's. It's a shocking yeah, decision. You see the photos in the paper, Daniel, and he's, and he's got his feet planted right on the guy's shin. You go, well, that's not great. No. Again, my, my first, when this all first came in, I always thought the referee should be showing it in real time first. Show it in real time first. Then if he's got any doubt and he's like, hmm, then say, in his earpiece, can I see that again? Slow down, please. If he's looking for something that maybe might be a bit naughty, but just show him it at first. If that referee the other night had been shown that made incident at full time, it would have confirmed what he saw at the time. Mm-hmm. It would have confirmed it, and that would have been the end of the story. But why he was even called to the monitor in the first place is the biggest problem. Some guy sitting in a room deciding, you've got that wrong, ref. That was the whole thing that was not supposed to happen. Wasn't supposed to happen. They weren't to get involved, and they're constantly getting involved now. Obviously, when I think it was one now when Maida went off, I think. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, obviously Celtic down to ten men, as you said, Celtic. We need everything going their way to get something out of that game. But you know, it's no, it's no excuse Maida getting sent off to lose six 0 But it, I mean, you can't underestimate how much that kind of hamstrung Celtic. I mean, Maida's the outball as well, you know. And, Absolutely. And by and, the way, that was in the first section of the game. He Aye. got out a few times and he, and he was offering a release and he was hassling people. And then it, it's just a knock-on effect to leaving a fullback exposed then. I mean, how many balls are coming in from wide areas, whereas Maida's over there helping and closing down and stopping those cross balls coming in, maybe. I mean, not all, not all the time, but um, he wasn't there when he, you know, he wasn't there when the, when the ball came out for the first goal, for example, when he was still and in the box. Of course, but, I miss Lampard. You know, you know what I'm getting at, don't you? That it's just, it becomes a cumulative effect. But yes, there was things that, Celtic could have done better. I mean, you're in first half stoppage time and you're basically defending a set play. Just deal with it. Aye. But to lose the second goal is a killer because then it, the place is bouncing. Celtic, no. You know, even if they've got to half time at 1 0, it probably doesn't end up six. 
because it's just the mentality shift of the game. Atletico aren't quite as open when they start the second half because they're thinking, right, okay, we'll just be, be a bit cagey at the start of the second half, see how this goes. So you give that stupid second goal to give away. So for, for, for things like that, Celtic do deserve criticism. And mm-hmm. Celtic have been quite honest about it. Brendan Rodgers was quite honest about it and so were the players afterwards. So yeah, yeah, we got done in, but we made mistakes as well. Mm-hmm. And the time of the second goal was a real punch in the guts because I I, I, looked, I remember looking at the clock in the stadium and thinking, well, I think they're going to get to half time here. That's that's at least something they can regroup a wee bit. But that second goal, just the whole place, it just changed the whole mood within the stadium. And from that point, you started to think, you know, you, fe- you feared the worst then. No. What did you make of Rogers' um, kind of outlook on the game? Um, Mick, the other day on, on Facebook, said that he thought Celtic would actually start with the three at the back, maybe bring Nat Phillips in. They didn't, obviously. But do you think when they went down to 10 men, that would have been the, the kind of safer bet, the kind of damage limitation? Managers have their own way of doing things. No, no, listen, managers have their own way of doing things and supporters will have their own view of how it should be. I'm not going to sit here and say Brendan Rodgers was right or wrong. That's the way he does it. And and I don't think anybody can say that. That's just the way he does it. You might disagree, I might disagree. Me, personally, I wouldn't have gone with two up in that situation. Brendan Rodgers has done it in the past. He did it. famously did it at Ibrox. Mm-hmm. When the game went on, and Edward scored, and he got Celtic got a man sent off. It's two-two. Everyone's expecting the Hatches to be battened down. He puts the striker on Edward. I think it was Edward who actually came on. Oh. Celtic won the game, and that was the thing trying to alleviate the pressure by being able to get the ball up the pitch. That's there's a that's one way. That, that's a way that some managers like to do it. My own view is when you're just my own view playing against Atletico Madrid, you're not really going to be able to keep the ball up the pitch anyway. Not not the mood they were in the other night. You just sensed the Celtic just weren't getting a hold of it at all. Me personally, I would have just gone what they call these days, low block, and just attempted to defend every cross because it was just coming in waves. Yeah. And I think that might have helped. But maybe that's hindsight and thinking of damage limitation so it doesn't get to six and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then Rogers is obviously trying to be proactive and thinking, can you can they somehow get a goal? Get it to two one, stem the flow that way alleviate pressure. That's the way he's done it. He said that himself after the game. I think what he was asked by one of the one of the lads and one of the journalists there and he said, You've seen the, you've you've seen how my team's worked. You see I've done it before. That's Aye. it tonight we need to take our medicine. So that was his take on it. So that's he's I don't I suspect he'll change. That's what that's the way he does it. So um so I just posted a goggle of his philosophy. I think I heard Andrew the other night saying it. What was his quote? Was his great quote? It doesn't matter if we get down to five men, mate, we'll still have a crack. Aye, this is, this is what we are, mate. That's what they're going to do, you know. Well, the, on the, the actual result, the kind of um, the bigger picture, a lot of people have been, um, you know, drawn conclusions about Celtic overall in the Champions League. I thought you made a really good point the other day when you said that, look, you can't tar the Celtic team with the failures of previous Celtic teams. You know, when you, when you see, when you look back and, and say stuff like 35 away games now in the Champions League, 29 defeats, four draws, two wins, 91 goals conceded. I mean, that, that that's pretty mad, but it's not it's no Brendan Rodgers' fault. It's no... Irrelevant to the current team, as far as I'm concerned. Aye. People might disagree with me, but it's irrelevant. And to be honest with you, it just becomes a stick to beat the current team with. I said after the Atletico Madrid game, and I'm, I may have been maybe even unfair this since this Celtic team should be judged from Real Madrid at the start of last year. 
because that's I think that's fair because I think the nucleus of them were there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Hart. It was you know Greg Taylor was there, Carla Vickers was there, Hatati was there, McGregor was there, O'Reilly was there, Maida was there, Kyogo was there. So the bulk of the team was there. Mm-hmm. I say you get it from there. Um, and if and if people want to say, well, that's five home games they haven't won, well, that's fine. Um, and that's six away games they haven't. You know, was it five, four, no, five, 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 five away games, games and, and one point? Then fine. Um, but I, don't, I think that's going back then through the years isn't fair. I've, I've always thought that for all teams, and that goes for winning sequences as well. It's, it's irrelevant. It's matter. It doesn't matter. Well, I think as well it's important to mention that you know Celtic have only got one point as we sit here just now from four games, but that doesn't tell the whole story. Celtic have been competitive in these games. I mean, first half against uh, sorry, Feyenoord was a bit of a disappointing one, but Lazio. When um when Palmer scores that goal was disallowed, it looked like Celtic were going to win the game, never mind draw it. Mm-hmm. Let's go home, we all know about. I, I do think this this game the other night was a little bit of an aberration. Like, yeah, it's an outlier. Like, no doubt aye. about it. Aye. No outlier, but, but because of the circumstance of the game. Well, sorry, I'm saying it was an outlier. Celtic have to make sure by the end of the group it has been an outlier. No. In a similar way to the five-one loss in the Bernabeu was last season. That was a little bit of an outlier, but I mean if. There's arguments about as the team progressing, as it going forward, is it better? Are they better equipped than they were last season? They were certainly better at home to Atletico Madrid than they were at home to Real Madrid. Even though they played really well in the first half against Real Madrid, they were better in the first half against Atletico Madrid, I would argue. No. If you look back to last season, played well in Donetsk, that's that's almost your well, Warsaw as it was. That was almost your final game from this season. And Celtic were ready for it. And that, to me, is the biggest issue. The Atletico Madrid games are kind of by the by. Celtic should have been ready to go for the first two games of the Champions League. They, they were where points were winnable. If Celtic had four points on the board going into the two Madrid games, then got their draw with Madrid, had five points on the board just now. And what happened happened on Tuesday night. People just shrugged and went, oh, that's just, that, that was one of them, wasn't it? No. But now it's just I been mean, lumped up having Nelson. That's unfair. I think your point is fair. You look at the, the way they played against Lazio at home. Compare that to the way they played against Leipzig at home. They barely got a kick. Leipzig were miles better on them at Celtic Park. The game in Leipzig, everyone points to Joe Hart's mistake when it got to 1-1, which is fair. And Leipzig have three goals chalked off no. from Andrew offside. I mean, Leipzig could have won that game 6-7-1 or 7-1 last year and nobody could have argued about it. Mm-hmm. So there was mistakes made last year as well. I think they were competed against Lazio. They competed superbly against Atletico Madrid. The final game, they just weren't ready for it. But that's no one's fault but their own, by the way. That's not a, that's not an excuse. They should have been ready for it, and they weren't. And that's a, a full club thing. Um, so we'll just see how the last two go, two games go. Well, if they go on, Lazio get something and then beat final at home, you would go, fair enough. No, that, that would be brilliant. I think that would be a good return now. On, the, right on, on the... the... The club strategy overall. I mean, again, not to this. This is not on the current Celtic team, but the last five Champions League campaigns have been three points, three points, three points, two points, and now we're obviously in one point. I mean, do you think the Celtic board can do more to kind of back the manager? Are they happy just to qualify? I mean, I, I, I <laughs> listen. Only they can answer that question. You know, a large majority of fans. Seemed to me to have that feeling that yes, just being happy to qualify is enough. Don't honestly hand in heart think that's how the Celtic board think. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's a difficult one. 
the spending is I thought Chris Sutton nailed it in his column a few weeks ago. It's not about the spend, it's as as such. Yes, that's important. They would love to be able to go and buy 15, 20 million pound players. But has been shown in the past they can get players for lesser figures and they can they can do well at the level. They can at least win games. The problem is Celtic limped into the first game with Feyenoord. And that was that shouldn't have happened. As Chris said a month ago, that shouldn't have happened. They should have been ready for that game. And if 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 it if the board are to be blamed for anything or, or the complaint would be the business was just done too late. The Celtic team, now, I, I don't know whether that's Brendan Rodgers, I don't know whether that's the board, I don't know the recruitment staff, I don't know why the market, maybe the certain players they wanted to get, they just couldn't get, and it ended up getting to that stage. Every Celtic fan wanted the Champions League team to start the first game of the league season against Royal County. That's what you want. That's the beauty of not having qualifiers. That's the whole beauty of not having qualifiers and running around all over the place. You get the team, you get it set, and those first five, six games of the league campaign and your League Cup games are where you get yourself up to speed. Mm-hmm. You go away for a the- national break, you come back, you have a league game on a Saturday, and bang, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And the team should be flying when they go into that first game. The way the Celtic team got there in the end, see if you think about this, they finally got Carter Vickers and Hitati back for the game with Kilmarnock before the last international break. Played really well. It's the best they played for a long time. The international break happened. They came back for the international break, went to Tyne Castle and were superb. And you looked at the Celtic team then and went, right, it's it's up and it's running now. It's fluid. And they went into the Atletico Madrid game with like that. And look what happened. That's the way they should have been when they went to Feyenoord. No. That was where the big mistake, that's the big mistake. That's where they should have been ready to go because everything's a snowball effect. You get a point in final, then you beat Lazio. Your mind's totally different going into these games now, whereas it's all down, you know, you're going to go to Lazio and it's all, oh, just going to be an all terrible night. Fans are thinking this is pointless. It's, you have to set the tone. And then, so if, to get back to your original question, Whatever had to be done in the market had to be done faster. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, I think that's fair comment. I don't think anybody can complain about that. It had to be done faster. Now, if there was reasons for that, if there was reasons for that, fair enough. But there can't be always be reasons for it. They're going to be back in the Champions League next year. They need to be ready. Do you think this campaign would maybe spark a strategy change from the board in the sense that rather than spending eighteen million on seven eight players, you know, I don't know. 18 million on two or three players. Do you think that any chance that they'll they'll possible possible possible? I mean, there's so much goes into these things. Uh, we've discussed this ad nauseum on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. but so much goes into it. it. Depends where you get the six million pound player from. I know that sounds mad, but we've talked about the premium and what the wage and what the salary is for a certain player and how agents work it. You know, for if, if a player's if a player's a ten million pound player, he comes with an X salary. It's usually seven or eight grand a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just Celtic. I don't believe Celtic can do that because if you do that with one, now it might be that it might be that they say one or two players great, and the rest of the squad go well. That's magic, you know. So a lot of these guys are going to win Champions League games for us. We're quite happy with that. They're getting double over well, three times or four times what we're getting, mm-hmm. but that doesn't tend to work in football, does it? No, no, does it? How does that just cause unrest? I just, I don't see it. I, I, I just don't see it. Whether they can get 
guys on a decent, you know, salary, salaries that are workable. Um, five, six million pounds, possibly, yeah, possible, but I, I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know how they're gonna play. I, I, I really don't know whether they'll change. Dangerous to change, but then do you just keep making the same? Do the same things keep going wrong? That kind of doesn't get you anywhere either. So, yeah. um, and I suppose it does go hand in hand with getting guys in early. Because if you're trying to shop in a certain market, you know you're really not going to get these guys unless you go in right away and go bang. The later you leave it, you're kind of held to ransom, you know. Held to ransom and also left with what you can get. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas you maybe have to give an extra X amount of pounds per week to somebody that you really want to convince them to sign on June the 1st. No. Or whatever it is, June the 8th or whatever, before pre-season training or in pre-season. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of factors go in here. I certainly don't think it's... I, I certainly do not think it's quite as simple as, oh, the Celtic board are just quite happy not to win games in the Champions League. I can't no. believe that for a second. I don't think anybody should think that. No. Um, because I... I but if they do, that's up to them. I don't believe it, but everybody's entitled to their view. They call me call me mad, right? But I still think there's hope Celtic can get this third place. I mean, Lazio away is going to be, you know, another kind of mammoth task. The Celtic won there in 2019. They're not having a great season, Lazio. They, they're 10th in Serie A. I know they beat final the other night, but I, th- I don't know. I've still got a little bit of hope that Celtic can get six points from these next two games, albeit... I think Maeda being out for the Lazio game now is, is a blow. He causes every team problems with his sheer pace. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've still got a they need, they need a performance. They need a result. They need a big one. You always find in these cycles, you always find if something's in a cycle it takes a big result for something. You know, the Scotland national team, for example, that happened with them when they got the result in Serbia. And then they beat Spain. And they, and they start the campaign and that just changes the mindset, changes everything, gets everything rolling. It's definitely in there. It's definitely mm-hmm. in that Celtic team. If that Celtic team plays to the peak of its powers in Italy, it can beat Lazio. The problem is they're just not doing it. They're not doing it. Things are happening. Mistakes have been made. Naivety red cards, unlucky red cards, errors. It's just not happening. If, if, if Celtic put it all together, they can get a result in Lazio. If they put mm-hmm. it all together, they can beat final. The problem you've got is it's a very difficult sell. To the fans, isn't it? It's a very difficult one to convince people because they're just seeing it going wrong too often. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the hope kind of erodes that it'll be this time, it'll be this time, this time. But the players have to believe. Players and the manager have to go there and think this is going to be the night mm-hmm. where we defend properly and we keep the clean sheet. This is going to be the night where we take the chances, like they did against the Athletic Madrid. What did they get against the Athletic Home? Two, three, 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 three. three. They took two of them. So. You do that, you keep it solid, you win the game. And, um, and, and I think and it's, they have, but they have to do it. They have to go out and do it to give to then make fans believe that they can win games. Mm-hmm. Because until they do, no one the hope kind of evaporates. Well, hopefully maybe Varro go for Celtic this time, you never know. But yeah. um I wanted to just finish one on um mentioning Kyogo because obviously, you know. Fairly anonymous the other night, as you'd expect, substituted. But that was his 100th Celtic game. 61 goals since um, since he joined the Hoops. I'm, I'm putting you right on the spot here. But where does he rank since... I mean, sorry, 20 years it will be at the end of this season since Larson left. Is Kyogo in that sort of conversation? 
Oh, sorry, I, fr- I phrased that terribly. Is he the yeah. best striker since Larson? Is he the best since Larson? Mm. That's a tricky one. I mean, you've got Dembele, Edward. Uh, I mean, I, I, I personally, I would class Kyogo as, was he even the best finisher? I think he's probably the best finisher mm-hmm. in the last 20 years. My own personal best of the lot of the 20 years would be Dembele. Aye. I, I thought Dembele could do everything. Dembele mm-hmm. could muscle defenders, beast defenders, take the ball he's back to goal, throw guys about, make goals happen for himself, brilliant in the air, brilliant with both feet, finishing. He could do the lot. He didn't do it over a sustained period period of time. Was it probably one, just one really stellar season? One and a half, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it one? One and a half? I can't remember. Um, I, know, I, I think it was just about well, one and a half, probably right now. I just I mean, you think back to uh, Dembele's hat-trick against uh, Rangers when he really arrived on the scene for Celtic and the first goal from the corner kick that he scored to get his first one. You don't see Kyogo score. Kyogo's going to score a goal like that. No, he's true. just not. He just doesn't. He doesn't go any under, under crosses with his head and things like that. I win static balls from, from dead ball situations like Dembele used to do. So, But they're different types of players. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a fabulous player, Kyle. I mean, it, it would be close. And, and I think those two are way out in front. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I'm really hoping I don't miss anyone out here because then, then it, it makes your argument sound stupid. But I think the two of them are well ahead of Edward, well ahead of Gary Hooper, well ahead of Sam and Ass. I think, who am I missing if you're going down that time? Even um, Griffiths, but obviously... Yeah, Griffiths. Griffiths, Griffiths was Griffiths often very underrated as a finisher. I mean, he could score three kicks. 25 Aye. yards, both feet. He was good in the air for a small guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scott McDonald, maybe. But... He deserves to be up there. Yeah, I mean, everybody. I mean, you could go through a lot Aye. of them. Aye. Can mention um, a lot of I, I, I personally, since Larson would have, as, a, as an all-round striker, complete package, would have done barely. Um, but there's no... But that's to take absolutely nothing away from Kyogo. I mean, those figures that you just mentioned. And I think what's really important with Kyogo is if you go through them, don't know what you think, you used to get guys who lifted their goal tallies by scoring the fourth goal in a 4-0 win, or the, or the, or two, the, the third and the fifth when a team wins 6-0. It kind of inflates their figures. You look at how many big games Kyoko scored the first goal, or any game where he scores the first goal, which is always a stupid thing to say. It's always the biggest goal for Celtic in games, especially domestic when teams are sat in. You need to break them, and then the game opens up, and then you go on from there. I mean, no, first goals he's scored in games is through the roof. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, you know, game cup finals against Rangers, semi-finals, league games against Rangers. It's not just against the so-called smaller sides. But he does it against them as well, packed defences. Up in the Highlands, he's done it against Ross County. He's done it at Tanadice. He's done, he's done it everywhere. Open the scoring against Lazio and Atletico as well at home. That, those, that, that's something special. Mm-hmm. To, to be able to do that, to be able to score first in massive games, Really puts him up there. That's something. That's a, that's a real talent. And it's, it's been a lot of games I've seen where if he doesn't get them going, they don't get going. But mm-hmm. what's the what's the point of the drop? Celtic have dropped this season. Uh, Hampson St Johnson. I Hampson St Johnson. No one else stepped up. Really? And no one else did it. Well, as I say, sixty-one goals. North days, you know. No. <laughs> sixty-one goals in hundred games. Let's hope there's plenty more to come. Yeah, um, there's, there's plenty more for that. That, that fella, that's for sure. Swanee, it's been a pleasure as always. I know some of the some of the talking points weren't particularly uplifting, but 
it's always a pleasure. And I should say that everyone listening, get involved in social media and the talking points. Um, and Swanee, thanks very much. No problem. All the best, Tyler. Have a good day. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.